seated. And the mom. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And welcome to Cross Timber on this wonderful Easter morning, Resurrection Sunday. And in the tradition of the church that we've had for years and years throughout generations, um, He is risen. And He is risen indeed. I'll give you another chance to do that. Um, in, in Swahili, and um, if I butcher this, just give me a, give me a lot of grace. Cristo ame fufuka. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And while Jesus is risen, some of you are still waking up, and that is okay. I'm so glad that you are here as we celebrate this resurrection morning together. Um, we began in song. We'll continue on through our, our worship service as we read from Scripture together. We'll pray together. We'll listen. And then we'll also hear from God's Word. And I'm so glad that you have chosen to spend this day with you. I know some of you have family here, and it's always a, a pleasure to have a, a parent or a child sitting with you, or maybe a grandchild. Some of you have friends. It's always great to have a friend or a guest or a neighbor. And so um, you are our guest as well, so we welcome you, and we um, trust that you will enjoy the service. I would refer, um, I'll just um, tell you to consult the bulletin regarding any announcements. Um, just one note, just remember next Sunday morning, if you're a church member, right after our service, we will have a fellowship meal and our quarterly business meeting. So um, plan ahead to bring something to, um, to eat for you and bring something to share for, for others um, as we gather together and fellowship um, around a meal. We have um, a lot of music in store for you this, this morning that should help um, warm our hearts toward the, the glory of the resurrection. But I want to begin this morning by reading from 1 Peter chapter 1. And I'll begin by reading the last verse, part of verse number 2, and read down through verse number 9. Then we'll take opportunity to pray together, and then we'll receive our offering. Peter writes these words, May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Would you join us as we pray this morning? It is in the name of Jesus that we come before you, O Father, with a joy in our heart that, just like Peter wrote, is indeed inexpressible 
filled with glory when we wonder at the glorious truth that we serve a risen Savior. That because He is risen from the dead, we have the opportunity by faith to be born again to a living hope. We thank You for Your mighty power that is at work in our all the world, holding everything together and in place, and the wonder that that same power works in human hearts to change lives. And so we thank You that we can be born again, free from the burdens of sin, free from guilt and shame, and raised to new life, to walk in victory, to bring glory to our Savior. We ask that you would help us on this resurrection morning to see you as you are, alive, ascended, ruling and reigning over all creation. And Lord, in these moments, as we listen to the words of the songs, as we listen to your words, that you would help us to see you for who you are. That you would transform us and warm our hearts toward you. That our affection towards you would grow. That our love for you would indeed grow deeper. And for those that come with worries and cares and doubts, Lord, my prayer this morning is that they would find the remedy and the answer in you. Help us to lift up high the name of Jesus in what we do and what we say. And Lord, help the things that we say with our mouths be what is truly inside our hearts. We're thankful for every gift, most importantly the gift of life that you've given us through your son Jesus, but also the, lo- the things that you give to us each day. Or we admit that sometimes we take granted the fact that we have cars to to drive, houses to live in, food in the refrigerator and in the pantry to eat, and the freedom to gather together and worship. But Lord, help us to not forget the cost and the price that was paid for our lives, and help us to not forget that you are the one that provides all things for us. And if it were not for your hand, God, we would be lacking And so, Lord, we have opportunity to take an offering, to return just a little bit of what you've given us. Lord, while it's not much, we thank you that you use that and multiply it for work here at Cross Timber in the communities of Burleson and Joshua, Alvarado, Crowley, Keene, in our state, Texas, in the United States, and even around the world. So, Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. And I pray from the youngest to the oldest that we would experience the joy of the Lord. That we would experience the newness of life that is available in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen. Let go of my hand I'll be back again 
You must save your tears to live. Have faith that I will win. I can see it in your eyes. The fear you feel inside. You still do not know. Why that I must die today, but soon it will be clear just why I had to go. The victory is here. Let prophecy unfold. Just the first Would you stand and sing with us this morning? <laughs> We're awake now.
Thank you. You may be seated. Go tell the world about me. 
kwa mwanadamu faida za mwanadamu zimefifia lakini sio mwisho
ni peke yako unaweza kaburi kuwa busani umefanya mifupa kuwa jeshi umefanya mito kuwa njia ni wewe peke ni peke yako unaweza
hear that trumpet sound. I'm going to ride with Whenever you're in, ain't no grave 
brought your Bible or you have your phone, you can turn over to Mark chapter, or excuse me, Luke. You're going to have a hard time finding it if you follow um, there. You can find it in Luke. Um, I'll tell you what chapter in just a second. Luke chapter 24, and we'll start there in just a moment. Thank you, um, worship team, for for sharing with us um, different styles of music. Um, all representing the same message that we have a, a Savior that not only suffered and died for us, that was buried, but He is risen from the dead. And today we worship and serve and praise a risen Savior who is now seated at the right hand of God, ruling over all things. And we look forward to the fact that one day He's coming again. And what a glorious day that will be. Forgot to tell you earlier, but I wanted to let you know that you look amazing today. Um, y'all, um, y'all look, you look very nice. You're, you're dressed very well. Um, I was a little shocked when I walked in because um, the deacons said they didn't recognize me because I was wearing a tie. Um, you would have thought I had on one of those funny-looking glasses with the nose and the mustache, but they let me in anyway. Um, but you look amazing, and even though I am wearing a tie, it doesn't feel that uncomfortable, and so I'm, I'm okay with that. But as you probably know by now, today is Easter Sunday, and for over 2,000 years, followers of Jesus have gathered together to celebrate the resurrection. They say things like what it reminds us of in Thessalonians, that we believe that Jesus died and rose again. They share the truth that Jesus is alive. And we find hope in the fact that because Jesus is alive, we can also live by having faith in Him. And we're going to look at a story, and it's actually in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but we're going to look at Luke this morning. And each of those stories tells a little bit different um, details about that resurrection morning. 
different perspectives that if you put them all together just tell a wonderful story of the fact that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. But in the story we look at today, we have the women, the two Marys and Joanna, and they go to the tomb and they meet angels. And the angels give them a wonderful truth. He's not here. He is risen. You see those ladies went and they saw an empty tomb and a rolled away stone. And they didn't know exactly what to expect. They were hopeless, but at the end of the story, we find them filled with hope. And because Jesus is alive, he rose from the dead, there is hope. And boy, do we live in a world that needs hope. Hope that there is something after this life. Hope that there is an end to pain and suffering. Hope that... Everything will be made new. Now, if you've ever read or heard of the Lord of the Rings, the author of that series of books, um, J.R.R. Tolkien, said this, the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus means that one day everything sad will become untrue. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? That when Because Jesus is resurrected, sad things will become untrue. And I want to talk to you just for a few minutes this morning, after we've heard that wonderful music, around the idea of because Jesus rose from the dead, there's hope for anyone who puts their trust in Him. Now, I don't know about you, but with hopelessness all around us, boy, don't we need a message of hope. And we find that we have it in Jesus. That things don't have to stay the way that they are. It's like waking up on a day and the clouds are all over the place and it's kind of gloomy. And then just like we see right now, you can't see it, but I can see the glorious sunlight. The clouds just move back and the sun comes bursting forth. And there's joy and there's delight. When darkness moves away, death is turned to life, and all of a sudden hope begins to fill our hearts and our lives. And hope today is real because Jesus is alive. Now let's read these verses together. It's only 12 verses, and then we'll pray and we'll look at a few things uh, before we're, we're finished. Luke chapter 24, verse 1 starts this way. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise and they remembered his words and returning from the tomb they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest now it was mary magdalene and joanna and mary the mother of james and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles but these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them but peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. 
he saw the linen clothes by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the fact that you are risen and we thank you that on this resurrection day we can look at your word. I thank you for the music that was sung and heard and for the truth that it taught. And so, Lord, we ask in these few minutes you would help our um, hearts and our minds to focus on the truth of your word. And we trust that because your word is living and active and your spirit is at work, that you will teach us this morning. You'll help us to hear um, what we need to hear and help us apply it to our lives and our hearts. And we ask you to help us to do that in your strength and your power and in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So on the back page of your bulletin, there's just four simple statements with blanks to fill in. There's really nothing magical about those except it just helps me keep my place and it helps you to maybe figure out where I'm at. And the first thing we need to see from the story is very simple sentence. The women went to the tomb. You see, on Friday, we know that Joanna and those two Marys saw, witnessed Jesus dying on the cross. They knew that he was buried that evening in a tomb that came from a man named Joseph. And since Saturday was the Sabbath day, they got up early Sunday morning after the Sabbath, and they went to the tomb to finish anointing Jesus' body with spices. As you could imagine, the, the women were, were sad and they were, they were grieving. After all, this man that they called teacher, master, was, was dead. And we all know that when someone we love passes away, you, you feel it. It hurts. And in the midst of this sadness, the women were also exhausted from the long days. They were lacking hope. And in their grief, they went to the tomb, not even thinking about how in the world these three ladies would move a giant stone that was covering over the place where Jesus was buried. But they went anyway. And to their amazement, when they get there at the tomb, the stone has been rolled away. It says it there in verse 2, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Now, the size of the stone was so large that there was no way three women could move it. In addition, the other Gospels tell us that it was both sealed and secured by professional Roman soldiers, so there was no way anyone could sneak in and take the body. And so it had to be something incredible, supernatural. And we find out that it was actually an earthquake and angels that moved this heavy stone out of the way. And while that would have been incredible by itself, what the women witnessed next was even more miraculous. It says in verse 3 that they did not find the body of Jesus, they realize that the tomb is empty. Stone is moved away. The body's gone. And as one person said, when you take flowers to the cemetery, you don't expect to find an empty grave. You see, they had no idea that Jesus would be gone, but they're wondering now, where in the world could his body be? In the book of John Mary tells Peter and the disciples after that, says that he runs and reports, and she says, Peter, they've taken the Lord 
out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid him. So they think somebody has taken the body. Because by all accounts, Jesus should have been there, right? They saw him die. They knew he was in the tomb. The tomb was sealed. There were guards there. But yet somehow Jesus is not there. And we have to understand that the women didn't go to the tomb believing in resurrection. They go there thinking Jesus is dead and buried and we're just going to finish paying our respects and preparing Him for burial. But now they're wondering, where could He be? And in the midst of this wonder, angels appear to them. And what was what started as grief and unbelief was about to be met by something astonishing. Because the body was gone, and here they are expecting to hear bad news, and what they actually receive is good news. He is not here. He has risen. It's the second point on your outline. It's the message the angels deliver to the ladies. It's the Easter greeting that we rejoice in and we celebrate each time. It's a very powerful phrase. He is risen. And in the midst of the confusion, the puzzlement of these women, wondering what could possibly have happened, these angels appear and speak words of hope. Now in the Bible, angels are God's special messengers. And Luke describes them as two men in dazzling clothes. The other Gospels tell us that their appearance was like lightning and they were dressed in white. Oh, it must have been a quite a spectacle to see them. It must have been quite startling. In fact, it is recorded in the Bible that their appearance caused hard, tough Roman soldiers to tremble. And the women were, were frightened and in awe they bow to the ground and then the angel speaks starting with a question, why do you seek the living among the dead? And in that phrase, he angels immediately turn their thoughts from death to life. Because this is not a story about death, it's a story about life. And then they follow it up with the truth. He is not here, but has risen. The declaration almost exactly the same is found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, letting them know that they wouldn't find the body of Jesus because he wasn't dead. And he wasn't there and he had raised from the dead just as he has promised. And you could probably put yourself in the place of those ladies and their minds are wondering, could it all be true? Hope in their hearts was kindled. But the angel continues on and speaks and says, Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, Jesus, must be delivered into the hand of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. They'd experienced the first two things. He was delivered into the hands of sinful men. He was crucified. And now they're confronted with the reality that he did rise on the third day. Now, Jesus had told his disciples 
and the women about this over and over at least three times. It was God's plan. It had to happen. But even though Jesus told them many times, they didn't understand. If you're a parent, you can probably relate to that. How many times did I tell you? Jesus told him over and over again, but it wasn't until they actually saw him face to face that they believed. But the angels helped these women connect what they saw at the tomb with what they had heard from Jesus. And so it's almost like you can see, okay, we've got Jesus' words, empty tomb, body's gone. The light bulb comes on. And it says there in verse 8, And they remembered his words. Hope was beginning to grow. Could he, might he, is he alive? See, Jesus had spoken about death and resurrection, telling his followers that both of them were important, that one wouldn't happen without the other, that he would die, but he would rise again, that the cross wouldn't be the end. He would see them again. And that victory would follow the cross and Jesus would rise. And so this hope continues to build and now they're starting to think Jesus is alive just as He said. And Matthew and Mark both tell us that the angels give a command, give directions to these women to go and tell the disciples. And so the third thing is just simply the women told the disciples. So hope is building in their their hearts, and these women leave the tomb, and verse 9 says they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now from the, the record that we have in the Bible, this was not a casual stroll back to the disciples. I mean, you could just imagine in that moment, they arrive there sad, grieving, and hopeless, and then all of a sudden their hopes, their hearts are filled with hope, and they depart joyful and exciting, filled with excitement, and they literally, with hope racing through their hearts, run to tell the others. They hurry back. It's because good news just can't wait. Jesus was alive, just as he said. And they arrived there, and the good news is met by doubt. The disciples didn't believe them initially. This hopeful message was met by hopeless hearts. You see, those 11 disciples and the other followers had the same problem the women did. They really didn't expect Jesus to be alive. There was no way it could possibly be true. And on top of that, in those days, women weren't viewed as a credible witness. So even though you witnessed something, if you were a lady in those days, you couldn't appear in court as as a witness. Today we would think that would be just absurd. But to them, it was the reality of the moment. So even though these women had seen and heard the others didn't believe what they were talking about. There's no way their report could be true. And in verse 11, look what it says. These words seemed to them an idle tale, 
and they did not believe them. So the report, you know, in today's language, we probably say something like, you know, the disciples would have said to them, you must be dreaming, that's crazy, that's just silly talk, you're living in a fairy tale. And those disciples had to see for themselves. And so as you look at verse 12, we find Peter with the glimmer of hope in his mind and his heart, passionate Peter runs to investigate for himself. Listen to the verse. Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Hope went from being kindled to growing to now hope was alive. You see, most of those disciples didn't believe Jesus was risen until they saw him alive. So let me just ask you a question. Have you seen for yourself the truth that Jesus is alive? The last section you have there, there's just two blanks to fill in, and it's just the truth repeated from the beginning. There is hope because Jesus is alive. Now, there's a few things that are true about this. The first thing is this statement, you know, how you view this statement doesn't change the reality of it. It's true whether you choose to believe it or not. There is hope because Jesus is alive. But the real issue, probably more important, is whether or not you believe this statement will affect how you spend the rest of your life. There's hope because Jesus is alive. Hope for today, hope for the next day of the next day, hope for all of eternity. And you have two alternatives. There's hope because Jesus is alive. That's true. I believe it and I accept it by faith. Or this just can't be true. It's just another made-up story. I don't believe. The obvious, the answer is, is for you to choose. But the evidence is both clear and abundant. It's, it all points to the truth that Jesus did raise from the dead. Now, I have to be honest, all your questions probably won't be answered. All the, what if this happened, or how about this, or what about this. Some of those questions, I'm not even sure we'll find out when we get to heaven. But there certainly is enough evidence available in the truth of Scripture and in the evidence of changed lives of men and women throughout history to make a decision. But ultimately, it just takes a step of faith. Do I really trust? Do I believe that this is true? And we look at the disciples, and the Bible says that they first thought it was an idle tale nonsense. You'll encounter that. People will say, oh, Jesus raising from the dead is just a bunch of of nonsense. It's just a made-up story to make people feel good. 
And you'll hear crazy things like, you know, Jesus really wasn't dead when they put him in the tomb. He was just kind of asleep. And after he got there, he, you know, woke up or somebody came and stole his body. Those stories still come about today. But if we put ourselves in the place of those disciples, we have to think about the fact that they weren't expecting a resurrection. And they had heard Jesus teach person face to face and they still didn't understand. And just like the men that were on the Emmaus Road, they said, we hope that he was the one to redeem Israel. We really hoped he was going to be the great military leader who would come in and kick the Romans out and would establish a kingdom here on earth. But what changed in their hearts? Well, they saw. They heard the evidence, and then they encountered the Savior. That's what I love about how God works. He gives us the evidence he gives us the information, but then God is the only, only He can work, works in our hearts by His Holy Spirit to have an encounter with Jesus. And so when somebody asks you to put your trust in Jesus, they're not asking you to make an intellectual decision or an emotional response. They're asking, have you encountered the man who rose from the dead, who has nail prints in his hands, who rules and reigns over everything, and who loves you with a greater love than you could ever imagine. And when those disciples saw the Lord, they knew and they believed. It's a choice every person has to make. Consider the evidence. Look at who Jesus is and make your choice. And Ignoring it doesn't make it go away. You can't just ignore the question. You have to respond to it. But let me just give you a picture of what it would be like if Jesus had not been raised from the dead. The Bible tells us in Corinthians we would have no victory, no freedom, no life. There would be no good news and we would be hopeless. It would be impossible for anyone to explain Christianity without Him. It goes on in Corinthians to say that if Christ had not been raised, it would be a sham to even come to church because preaching would be pointless, faith would be meaningless, testimonies that people shared would be false, sin would still be our master, we'd still be trapped in sin, and we would be the most pitiful people in the world, if it weren't true. But the truth is, there is hope. He is risen, Jesus is alive, and those called by His name should be the most joyful people in the world with hope that's certain because they're no longer a slave to sin with a testimony that is true, a faith that is meaningful and authentic, and a relationship with a real person named Jesus Christ, and that preaching is both purposeful and powerful because Jesus rose from the dead. Another quote I want to share with you is written by, was by a man named Frederick Buckner. And he just says, Resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. Don't you love that? Resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. For those ladies at the tomb seeing Jesus buried, that could have been the worst thing. But it wasn't the last thing because He is alive. We have hope because Jesus is alive, hopes that the struggles that we have, the frustrations we have, they're going to come to an end one day. 
addictions, hang-ups, hurts are not going to last forever. Pain and suffering will come to an end. And even death itself is not the end. Because of the resurrection, we have victory and freedom and life. That, that's the good news. Jesus is alive. And I just want to leave you with two questions to consider. One for those that are still in the process of wondering, do I really trust in what the Bible says? Is Jesus really who he says he is? Did he really die and rise again? And that is, do you believe that Jesus is risen? It's not a question to take lightly because the balance of your life, really all of eternity, lie on it. Do I believe what the Bible says is true about Jesus? Here's good news. If you're seeking Him, you'll find Him because He says if you seek Me, you'll find Me when you seek Me with all your heart. And He'll give you the evidence. He'll give you the encouragement. He'll show up and give you what you need to understand that He is real and what He says is true. And today can be the day that you just say, Jesus, I put my life in Your hands. I put my trust in You. I don't understand everything, and I know I don't have to, but I know one thing, that I'm a sinner and that You died for me, and I'm going to put my trust in You, and I'm going to live with You forever because You rose from the dead. That's the first question. Do you you believe? Have you put your faith in Jesus? And the second is for those that have already made that decision. Does your life represent it? Are you living like He is risen? Did you wake up this morning with the hope of resurrection in your life? That while Jesus was raised from the dead and one day after we die we'll be raised up with Him that day by day by day, there is a resurrection that happens in our lives. We are made new day by day by day, transformed a little bit more into the likeness of Jesus. Not perfect, nowhere near it, but being made perfect until the day when He returns and makes all things new. He is risen. Do you believe, and are you living like it? Will you pray with me? Father, we are thankful for the truth that we serve a risen Savior. He's living and ruling and reigning. And because He is alive, we can be alive by faith in Him. That the songs that we sing bring great joy and encouragement to our hearts because of Your resurrection. That we can enjoy abundant life, true freedom, hope in this world by placing our trust in You. And that we can live resurrected lives and the power of the resurrected one day by day showing the world how good you are and your great love. So on this resurrection day, on this Easter Sunday, as we begin to turn our hearts 
toward you and respond as we sing. Help us to, to answer those questions honestly. Have we put our trust in you that today could be the day of salvation, of trust, of gaining hope that won't ever go away? Or maybe it's a day of recommitment where we commit ourselves again to, to take up the cross and follow you realizing that you give us the instructions and the help we need all along the way. Lord, help us to see that we don't have to continually carry the burden of our sin, that we can find forgiveness, we can find freedom, we can find hope, we can be washed clean, free of guilt and shame, and given new life in Jesus. So as we sing, show us how to respond and help us to be obedient because you're good and faithful. And we trust you in this, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So at the end of our service, we close with a time of, of singing. That is our, our opportunity to respond um, to the Lord Jesus. Answering those two questions would be a good place to start. Have I placed my trust in Jesus and am I living for him? I know there's other concerns. There's hearts that are heavy for, for loved ones. There are those that are sick, those that are concerned. And it's also an altar that's available down front to pray. You can pray next to someone. You can say, hey, will you pray with me? If you need someone to pray with you, I would be glad. Or you can just grab someone and say, hey, can, can you pray with me for just a moment? But I want to invite you to stand together. We're going to sing together. And today is the day of salvation. And if God speaks, would you listen? Let's sing together. I meant to say something earlier, but you may have seen Justin on the platform a little earlier, and Justin was helping us through that song um, in in Swahili. And if you're if you're if you're a visitor here, we have a we have a group of, of folks that speak Swahili, and Justin is here every week faithfully 
um, to translate uh, for us in, in Swahili. And if you ever want to grab a headset and listen in Swahili, um, you're welcome to do that. And honestly, you might gain a little more than, um, than listen to me. Um, but you never know. Um, the Lord works in mysterious ways. But thank you, Justin, for that. Thank you, um, worship team, for all of your, your work and your service. And, and instructing us through music. And just thank you for being here. I pray that today, as you spend time with family or friends, whether you're inside or outside, that you'll experience the, the joy of the Lord and the comfort of His presence. Um, we always close our service by singing, and so we're going to sing a song. Um, and when the music starts, you're free to go. So Lord bless you and have a wonderful Easter.